0: This podcast is brought to you by UK Coaching, here for the coach. Visit ukcoaching.org to grow your coaching skills and be part of the community. joined by Gordon McClellan from Working With Parents In Sport. Um, Gordon's done a lot of experience working with parents, with coaches, to maximise the experiences that they have working with parents in order for for the athlete and the young person to, to enjoy their experience in sport. So welcome, Gordon.
1: Thanks for having me, Chris.
0: I'm really looking forward to having our our conversation today. One of the things that we wanted to talk about when we had the chat offline really was looking around the, the coach's approach to communication with parents and I just suppose I'll open up with a little bit with what's your experience of that?
1: I think first and foremost because I think coaches probably need to spend a, a little bit of time just thinking about you know how they actually want to approach it and I, I guess to to use a fancy word, is to to have a strategy for how they're going to, you know, actually communicate with parents, and I think that's just a really good, really good starting point. Yeah. So there's a number of things. I think for me, there's sort of four key areas, and 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 the first one is the the type of information. So what we want to get across to to parents. This is probably the one that requires the the greatest amount of thought. I think sometimes as coaches, we're, we're, we're guilty of giving out lots of information that, that maybe come from our perspective. And I, I think we need to spend some time thinking about the best way of putting across the information that we want to give parents that, that's maybe in a way a bit more user-friendly for, for them. Um, I think the consistency of how we communicate. I think parents you know, like to know what's going on. I think that if they receive messages at similar times each week, they almost expect that message almost expect that communication so it it helps them and allows them to plan um, more effectively and and the reason that that I say that's important is one of the big things that that's come up from us doing our questionnaires parents of the things that they struggle the most with um scheduling and logistics and managing their family life and managing siblings are often. You know some of the biggest stresses that that they face. So I think that consistency can really help there. I think we need to think about our frequency. Uh, you know, lots of coaches say to us that you know some parents can't even bother to reply to to WhatsApp messages. Uh, some coaches say to us that some parents get a bit fed up of being in some of these. You know, WhatsApp groups where the messages are permanently buzzing in the pocket and going off, yet none of it's relevant to them. So I think we've got to think about the frequency and what we're trying to do with it. And then, of course, the the methods that, that we use and that, that you know, there's lots of options available for methods. You know, WhatsApp groups, spawns, you know, text messages, Facebook, Twitter, email. And of course, maybe one thing that's got lost over the last 10 years is is maybe the art of face-to-face communication and, and on certain things we really need to go back to that.
0: ...parent meetings whether that is group that's setting the parameters or, or individuals. I think given the, the time, I'll invite you back again to maybe just explore parent meetings in a little bit more detail and we just stick to general communication at the moment. So interesting one that my experience is, is that when you talk about parents and communication, the thing that, that I'm very aware of is that as a coach, if we don't communicate to the parents, they fill that gap in themselves. So they, they look to try and find that information out. So you mentioned very early on about the, the things that we might want to tell them. What are the sort of things that you think are crucial when you talked about that frequent regular updates? What are the sort of things outside of perhaps what time we're meeting, where training is? And so on? Like, if you like taking away the logistics stuff, which I get that it needs to be early and frequent to enable them to manage their... The wider family and and the things that are going on around the sport. What are the what are the other things that you think parents would benefit from knowing that perhaps coaches take for granted? Yeah,
1: I think I think what you, you I mean you've hit the nail on the head brilliantly there. That 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 the, there's bits that parents don't know and aren't informed about and actually what they end up doing is they end up standing with each other joining up their own dots in completely the wrong way and 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 listening to other sort of sound bites of information rather than getting it direct from from the people responsible for their children and I, and i think that it's just increasing their knowledge base a parents knowledge base about why we maybe do some of those things why we may be trained when we do maybe why we have put on difficult sessions that have made their children fail lots you know you and i have talked a lot about we all know lots about learning pits and how you know children have to have some failure in order to improve but actually when parents turn up and watch these sessions where we're really challenging children and their children are making loads and loads of mistakes and making more than they normally would, it becomes a really stressful time, particularly when you stood with, with other parents. And I, I had I had first-hand knowledge of this before Christmas and I saw a, a session like this with my own son and I turned to a few parents towards the end and I said, yeah, but how, how many of them are making lots of mistakes? And I said, you know, how many times have we seen um them do this that they're being asked to do and lots of them said well none and i said well what do you expect but uh, i think the more that we can just pave the way and provide information to parents i think the more reassured they are it doesn't mean they're going to use all the the information and that's just obviously you know one little part of it but i think we should be looking at, at sharing pieces that align with our team and club value values to enhance the experience to parents so You know, valuing the right things, you know, if we've said that we are looking at all these sort of key life skills and we're valuing character and valuing hard work and we're valuing commitment and dedication and and children are turning up for training, I think we need to be seen to be valuing those as opposed to maybe... Just always communicating about how well we did based on a result of it or based on an outcome, because I think the moment that we start saying to parents that all our messaging is based around that we won today or how good the outcome was, we're immediately telling the parents that that's what we really value as coaches. So obviously that plays a part because we're not saying here that the winning can't be important and, and, and whatever else. But I think in youth sport, we've just got to have a, a more thought out plan for putting across our values. So I think what you're
0: talking about there is performance and the performance about the wider things that you've set up as a coach. So very often coaches will talk a lot about the values of the team and the structure and the way that the team or the club want to compete and the selection. So it's, it's reinforcing that the focus of any feedback around a performance is not on the result and the outcome. It's very much around the things that they've seen that they value and that we get that because as a coach, certainly my own experience is, I see my children do it themselves. We, we tend to, parents will link to what they hear the coach. So if they hear the coach talking about, as you talked about there, hard work and effort and commitment, the parents will recognise that. If I'm somebody who talks about hard work, effort and commitment, and then actually don't, I don't select based on those things, or I, I drop somebody who's worked really hard, but the performance, they didn't score the goal that I felt they should have scored. That has the impact on working away at actually what, what I've said is my my values and our ethos. I think you're, you're so true there in, in how we communicate those those things. And I think thing not to forget is that those those parents definitely talk to their children. So when they're hearing the messages that you're doing, that's just reinforcing the triangle. So you're getting communication to your to your athletes and that's going back to parents and when they get in the car and they go home and the messages you're sending through communications plan, that's getting back to the children saying actually coaches recognise you and I can see what he said here. So I think they're quite crucial.
1: Yeah, and look, parents love hearing positive things about about their children. I say, particularly to grassroots coaches, that the ability where we've got lots of parents now watching training, which we maybe didn't have 10 years ago, that if we can find some positive piece of feedback that we can give every individual in the group and we can vocalise that as we are going along and pick up something that aligns with our values. As you say there, you can absolutely guarantee that the parent will say to the child, but did you hear it when your coach said that to you? And and they will pick up the conversation from there.
0: little ones for me that I heard and just want to go back on. The the one you mentioned about WhatsApp and being a parent on, on three WhatsApp groups for the two different spots, the way that the coaches have pitched it makes such a difference for me. So in one of the groups, uh, the coaches have made it really clear that this is a communication for the coaches around training, game day and information that's in- important. What they've said is if the parents want a social group, create that separately. So that's brilliant for me because I don't get dragged into who's doing what and who and where and if somebody wants to pick something that's taken away from me so I can actually find it because genuinely in one of the other groups there's so much social parental banter that sometimes I'm coming off a working day I can't actually find the WhatsApp that the, the, the coaches send because it's that far hidden so I think perhaps coaches setting some parameters if they're using social media I think that's a useful one and then the other one which I think is quite tough as a coach but Person, personal experience. I don't mind if if parents don't respond. I'm not when I send a message out. I'm unless I'm asking for a can you attend. I'm not looking for 26 or 36 responses. I'll say thanks, thanks, Chris, thanks, thanks. I think sometimes it's as a coach just recognising that it, it it might be a one-way communication. Uh, and then that brings me to my final one: is forms of communication? Would you recommend given that people are active and busy, and the fact that some people prefer others? Would you say have lots of different ways when you have preferred methods, would you ask the parents, what, what advice
1: would you give coaches? I, I think I think again yeah, I think you've raised some really, really good points there about, about WhatsApp groups. And obviously the thing with 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 WhatsApp groups as well is it's really important that as coaches we don't get sucked into difficult conversations and I've seen some horror stories of groups that have either got onto the back of a coach and then all started communicating with each other on on part of a group that, as you say, was designed for logistics. And I think whatever method we use, whether we're using things like WhatsApp or we use a text every week, I think we should try and be consistent with our, you know, messaging you know, each week, we can still share things from the Twitter world or the Facebook world or relevant articles or things that we think maybe would enhance the experience of our parents through those mediums. But the one that I feel really strongly about is the importance of that face to face connection for coaches to thank parents for bringing them to training, maybe to say one good thing they've seen from the child that particular week. And also if parents have got um, an issue with the coach or something that's far more serious and is something that's going to require a bit more time. I'm a big believer in the in the face-to-face communication because you and I both know that so much can be lost in email text and how we uh, literally take the meaning of those messages. So I think we've always got to have that in the locker. Three things from
0: that. I think the, the one that I think it's going to become a serious because I think we'll do uh, another one bring you back again to look at some crucial conversations. But two, two things that jumped out to me, I think the, the first one is around the fact that if a parent isn't responding to any of your communication formats, is to not assume that they're not interested. you actually have the face-to-face conversation and ask if there's a, whilst it can be challenging, uh, what is it that's been a barrier for them? So putting the person at the centre of, of the solution rather than seeing them as the problem. And then the other one that just hit me just as we were talking really is for coaches to be very mindful that if they're using social media more, the way that that can be like you mentioned interpreted, but also if they're starting to use it with their athletes as well to think about what the law states on the age of using WhatsApp and Facebook groups and things like, that. so one making sure that they meet legal requirements and they're not they're not actually infringing um app laws and and British law. And then the second thing I think regarding safeguarding and good practice, certainly I know a couple of coaches that have WhatsApp group for under 16 teams. And there's an agreement that the safeguarding officer is involved in the group, as is the chairman of the club who's not linked. And then they have a parent from a different age group. So that the idea of being that somebody from a safeguarding is seeing what's going on. There's a per- person from the club who has a wider overview, happens to be the chairman in that particular group. And finally, there's a parent from another age group, so that it's not seen as a biased view, just to ensure that the communication to young people is appropriate at all times. And I think coaches need to be mindful as technology and how things are used, and as you mentioned, it hit home to me how things might be interpreted can have such an impact.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, do you know what? We, we've obviously crammed all this into sort of ten, fifteen minutes, but you, you know, we could probably find examples and dig deeper and deeper and maybe that's one for, uh, for another day
0: listen again uh, we'll have you back, thanks so much for, for taking the time to produce this and um, I'll speak to you soon thanks again Gordon. thanks Chris join us at ukcoaching.org whatever you're doing to help people be active and improve, we can help you deliver great coaching experiences at a time to suit you